This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. Once in a while, we have a story that is so incredible that I have to process it for a few days before I can wrap my head around it. And today we have one such story, and it won't surprise many of you, but it did me. Most people think that the fathers of the Second Vatican non-binding pastoral council aren't around anymore, that they all went to their particular judgment long ago. After all, the council closed almost 60 years ago. It's a fair assumption to make, but it's an actual erroneous one. There are, are several of them around still. At least one of the fathers of that council spoke recently, and the few who heard his words were, frankly, shocked and appalled at what he had to say. This bishop embraced and advocated for the greatest evil in our time, the Moloch ritual, showing that the problem of the servants of Moloch being part of the hierarchy is really nothing new. So let's take a closer look at the story and get some historical context for it, too. Now, the story involves the infamous Red Bishop. Bishops wear purple or scarlet as a sign of their being willing to give their very lives for Christ and his church. The gospel message has cost people their lives in history, and each bishop affirms that this is a price that they will gladly pay for the gospel by wearing the scarlet or purple of the episcopate. But that's not why Monsignor Luigi Batazzi has been dubbed the Red Bishop. He has been a proud progressive since the council. In the 1960s, he actively campaigned for the Italian uh, Hammer and Sickle political parties, which nearly took power throughout various points in history, most recently in the 1990s. This bishop is quite the character and can serve as Exhibit A in our traditionalist claims that the Second Vatican non-binding pastoral council was infiltrated and subverted by men placed into the priesthood who are unfit for duty. So pray for his conversion. Bishop Batazzi turned 99 years old a few days ago and seems to have no fear of his eternity in particular judgment. That story comes to us by way of the eponymous Flower website, which follows, follows various news stories that aren't getting enough attention elsewhere. I have to make their headline friendly to this website, so here's a modified version, though you can see the, see the real version on your screen. So, uh, headline, last of Vatican Fathers, in quotes, proposes ending children as he nears his particular judgment. Bishop Batazzi wants the church to okay what I call the Moloch ritual. The proper name for that evil deed is too sanitary for my tastes, and our hosts have it flagged as a bad speech term anyway, so giving it a more honest name actually works pretty well. It is the Moloch ritual because all throughout human history and around the world, Moloch has, was worshipped as a deity. It's a demon, but he was worshipped as a deity by peoples who didn't know better. They offered the demon their kids, or the kids of their adversaries. This was done in the name of prosperity, which is, by the way, the often number one cited reason in our time for the modern equivalent that is often funded by the state. So, with that in mind, from the article, quote, the, quote, last living council father, the, quote, red bishop, wants to justify the ending of the most vulnerable as his last act before his death, at least up to the fourth or fifth month after birth. The process of disintegration of the church, illustrated by a concrete shocking example, continues. Monsignor Luigi Batazzi will celebrate his 99th birthday in three days. In 1946, he was ordained after his training at the Seminary of Bologna, and in 1963 was installed by Pope Paul VI as Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of Bologna. Cardinal Giacomo Lercaro, Archbishop of Bologna at the time, and one of the four moderators of the Second Vatican Council, gave him his Episcopal consecration. Cardinal Lecaro was one of the council's progressive ringleaders and became known as the, quote, Red Cardinal, and not because of the purple. Batazzi himself 
who attended three of the four sessions of the council, liked to provoke in the council hall with quotations from a book that used to be on the index Laborum Prohibitorum. That's the index of forbidden books. <laughs> this was before the index was, was eliminated by Paul VI. Substantial contributions by him, Batazzi, have not survived. The Romagna Regional Seminary in Bologna was a center of progressive subversion. The name for Cardinal Lucaro, whose assistant was Batazzi, was soon brought into his own when Batazzi was asked by Paul VI in 1966 to be appointed Bishop of Ivrea. As the Red Bishop, he caused a stir and caused a nuisance without making any profit for the faith or the church. In 1994, for the first time, it seemed that the takeover of power by Italy's hammer and sickle parties was within reach. But then Silvio Berlusconi and his new uh, political alliance became an unexpected problem at the last moment. In their campaign for the United Left Front, which called itself the Alliance of Progressives, Batazzi went so far as to say that Jesus was a progressive. End quote. Our blessed Lord, thankfully, doesn't fit neatly in any political ideology. Now, this bishop is one of the most twisted figures in the modern church. At his age, he is retired, meaning his active influence is limited, but he casts a very long shadow, and for good reason. Are you familiar with the Pact of the Catacombs? If not, here's the quick version. The Pact of the Catacombs was a pact signed in secret, but eventually leaked by hyper-modernist bishops, cardinals, priests, and theologians in the closing days of Vatican II. Traditionalists have known about the Pact of the Catacombs for decades and have been talking actively about it. In the estimation of the signers of that pact, Vatican II didn't go far enough, so they swore to use Vatican II to push the envelope. They enthroned liberation theology at that time. Bishop Atazi was a new bishop at the council and signed the Pact of the Catacombs by his own admission and is one of the figures who confirmed that such a pact was, in fact, real. From the Eponymous Flower article, quote, On the other hand, it is true that Batazzi is the last living signatory of the so-called Catacomb Pact, which was concluded in 1965 by 40 council fathers at the end of the council in the spirit of liberation theology. On the 50th anniversary of the signing, Batazzi said, quote, with Pope Francis, the Catacomb Pact is revived. In 2016, Batazzi happily said Pope Francis was making uh, Don Andrea Gallo, a priest who denied almost everything, a forerunner who sowed what could now be reaped. In the summer of 2020, Batazzi gave Pope Francis the progressive accolade by calling the first pope, not himself a member of the council, the, quote, son of the Second Vatican Council. Batazzi went further by saying, quote, with the elevation of Bergoglio, I saw the programmatic culmination of the council in which I took part. End quote. Sometimes the modernists do our work for us, don't they? When I call Francis the living, breathing embodiment of Vatican II, that is what I mean. But Tazi would know since he was there at the council and in the catacombs for the pact. And by the way, in case, you weren't, in case you weren't aware, the pact of the catacombs was publicly renewed a few years ago by contemporary prelates, though we don't know everyone who attended, but there are pictures of it of the of the event on the Vatican's website. Actually, this happened in the waning days of the Pan Amazon Synod, which was essentially the enthronement of not only the Pacamama demon in the Vatican, but also the enthronement of liberation theology in Rome. Liberation theology, as formally condemned by the Vatican, happened in the 1980s. Vatican News reported on the story. That's how out in the open the signers of the pact were this time around. And they ran the story with this headline. A group of synod fathers renews the Pact of the Catacombs. Following in the footsteps of some of the council fathers in 1965, a group of participants in the synod on the Amazon goes to the catacombs of Domitia to reaffirm 
the preferential option for the poor. That's a nice positive framing of the issue that makes everything sound nice and innocent, but it is far from innocent. The Pact of the Catacombs initially recognized the purpose of Vatican II to push the radical condemned ideologies of the world in the church, including liberation theology, to put the church at the service of the world, and this was a reaffirmation of it. That was Bishop Batazzi there in 2019. Maybe. He would have been 96 at the time, so he may not have physically been able to get into the catacombs. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. But the details of that meeting, as reported by the official news arm of the Vatican, is taking a uh, look at so we get some ideas about Batazzi's overall influence. Quote, on the 16th of November, 1965, just a few days before the closing of the Second Vatican Council, 42 council fathers celebrated mass in the catacombs of Domitia to ask God for the grace, quote, to be faithful to the spirit of Jesus in the service of the poor. After the celebration of the liturgy, they signed the, quote, catacombs pact of the poor and servant church. Later, more than 500 council fathers added their names to the pact. More than 50 years later, the legacy of those council fathers was taken up by a group of participants in the Synod of Bishops for the Pan-Amazon region, which is focused on the theme, New Paths for the Church and for an Integral Ecology. Cardinal Claudio Humes, the general relator for the Synod, presided at Mass in the Catacombs, after which the Synod Fathers pre present signed a new, quote, pact for the Catacombs for the Common Home, for a church with an Amazonian face, poor and servant prophetic and Samaritan. In the document signed on Sunday, the participants of the Synod on the Amazon recall that they share the joy of living among many indigenous peoples, inhabitants of the riverbanks, those who move around, and suburban communities. With them, they experience the power of the gospel that works in the smallest. The encounter with these peoples, the document says, challenges us and invites us to a simpler life of sharing and gratuitousness. The signatories of the document commit themselves to, quote, renewing the preferential option for the poor, to abandoning every type of colonial mentality and posture, and to proclaiming the liberating novelty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They also undertake to recognize, quote, the ecclesial ministries already existing in the communities, and to seek, quote, new paths of pastoral action. Other commitments in the Pact of the Catacombs for the Common Home include pledges to walk ecumenically with other Christian communities and to assume before the avalanche of consumerism a happily sober lifestyle. The signatory fathers also promised to recognize, quote, the ecclesial ministries that already exist in the communities and to seek, quote, new paths of pastoral action. Aware of our frailty, of our poverty and smallness in the face of such great and serious challenges, the signers state, we commit ourselves to the prayer of the church. End lengthy quote. I'll be the first to tell you, there's a lot of Catholic-sounding language in that pact, which is how modernism works, actually. They dress errors up in, in the Catholic language. But the aim is clear, to reject the truth via ecumenism, to focus on the material, especially in those issues touching on Francis's wicked Laudato Si program, and to ally with the secular rulers that we've all grown all too familiar with. These are the people who have conferences in the Vatican promoting formally condemned evil demonic errors. The church has been on this path since the council, but under Francis, there has been a renewed energy to making this alliance with the world possible and fruitful. It all started with Bishop Batazzi in 1965, though he was hardly the, the actual focal point. 
But now he's proposing the church abandon her commitment to the most vulnerable of all people, a commitment of protection that the church has held since the first century, as written in the first catechism of the church, a document called the Didache. You can find it online. Now, are you surprised that a council father who was in the catacombs for that infamous pact is calling for the church to okay the Moloch ritual, despite the fact that he will soon be heading to his personal judgment? Does any of this surprise you? Let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. Is the sharing this on social media. That helps a lot as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.